Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I am your host, George McNair. Uh, I want to ask you guys a question. Who has been talking bad about Austin Riley lately? Because that dude just told y'all to sit down and not worry so much because he uh, had a tremendous series against the Diamondbacks. Now, yes, the Braves uh, have been struggling since the start of the second half of the season coming off the all-star break. I'm going to get into that. I'm not going to ignore those things, but I do just want to shout out Austin Riley, who I'm sure in his own mind has had a pretty disappointing season, you know, despite being an all-star. Um, I have no doubt that he's been frustrated throughout much of the season, uh, more downs than ups, probably uh, it's safe to say. And yet this series, that dude just broke out in a big way, four home runs in three games and, you know, despite the Braves going two and four um, since coming out of the All-Star break, uh, this is a really important and big development that should not be overlooked. Austin Riley getting back to, remember, this guy is a top 10 MVP candidate the last two years. Uh, for some reason, it's easy to forget that when any player goes through struggles, um, you know, for extended period of time. But it's a reminder how great Austin Riley can be, how hot he can get. Um, and we know that we've seen it in the past. It's also a reminder that just baseball is a long season and guys can go through extended struggles and then turn it around in big ways. Uh, I hope Austin Riley is going to have a huge end of July. Maybe it will extend all the way through the rest of the season. And we really will be talking about a second half of dominance for Austin Riley. That being said, right, let's get into some news uh, and then talk about how the Braves have been doing. So the, the big news of the week is that Travis Darno uh, got a new contract from the Braves. So coming into this season, Darno had uh, he was he was making eight million dollars this season and he had an eight million dollar team option for 2024. Um, and what he gets now, he signs an eight million dollar contract for 2024 that is guaranteed and then they tag on another eight million dollar team option for 2025. Um, I guarantee you guys that if Travis Darno wanted to go to the open market he could get a lot more money than this. In fact the catching market if you look at free agents going into next year the catching market is pretty darn weak and he would probably be the best catcher on the open market. You got a guy who's been an all-star. Uh, he's led the team in a lot of ways, uh, you know, been a key cog to a playoff team, to a World Series winning team. And yet he loves Atlanta and he wants to stay. And uh, it's no secret that he loves Atlanta. Uh, but it's still impressive that he's willing to, to stay and maybe take less money and probably take less playing time. But I think Travis Darno sees uh, the benefit of playing a little less. This is a guy who's been banged up throughout a lot of his career. He he plays a little yes, a little less yes, but he also uh, gets to stay a little fresher, playing behind Sean Murphy, and um, they obviously have a really good working relationship as well. I, it has worked really well this season for both of them. And even if over the course of this contract, Murphy plays a little more and Darno plays a little less, um, he, he is a huge member of this clubhouse. And I know the Braves, I mean, to a man, 
are just really excited that Darno is going to be back for sure next season and very likely 2025 because uh, as of yet, we've not seen a lot of drop off in, in performance for Darno. And even if he drops off a little bit next year, you know, $8 million for a really solid backup is worth every penny. So, um, and don't forget having Darno there if Murphy were to get hurt is a really important thing too. Um, all right, so that's the big news of the week. All right, so how have the Braves been doing? Well, not great uh, compared to the lofty expectations that they have put on themselves. You know, they had this huge month of June. The Braves only lost four games in the entire month of June, and yet um, they have already lost more than that. I think they've lost five games in the month of July without playing very many July games. So things have not gone as well in July. I know a lot of um, you know people out there, well, maybe not a lot, but certain people out there are panicking, saying, you know, the sky is falling on the brave season. Um, okay, let's not be too ridiculous about things. A little perspective is good, guys. The Braves still have the best record in all of baseball, um, and they won today, right? They pulled out a big win, and, and these types of wins are reminders of why this team is so great. Uh, they are, you know, they never, they never say die, um, and they have a tremendous offense that can come back at a moment's notice. And particularly now that Austin Riley is going, uh, it just makes that offense that much more dangerous. But yes, it is true. The Braves coming out of the All-Star break have lost four games and only won two games, right? And this stretch, look, look I'm going to take, now I'm an optimist naturally anyways, but I'm going to take the very optimistic route here and tell you that this is a blessing in disguise. Um, the exposure of the bullpen a little bit for the Braves and the timing, I think, is more of a blessing than a curse. You know, it, it's going to tighten the Braves up. It might force Anthopolis. I don't think he's forced to do anything, actually, really, but it might encourage him. Maybe that's the better word. It will encourage him to make one or two moves to improve the pitching staff at the trade deadline. It at least gives him the option to do it, right? If these injuries and poor performance were happening in the middle of August, then there's very little that he could do about it. But he can do some things about it right now. Uh, but yeah, this this two and four stretch definitely has exposed maybe one chink in the Braves armor that needs to be addressed. And yet, um, the yeah, the Braves two and four, but the the really good development here is that Austin Riley, the demise of Austin Riley has been greatly exaggerated. Um, you know, he he was coming into this series with the Diamondbacks just kind of going along. I mean, yes, he was an all-star, but we all knew that this was his worst season over the last three uh, as a major leaguer. Um, and yet, man, he has four home runs in this three-game stretch, 11 RBIs. Uh, and look, he just started to relax. He relaxed at the plate. You know, there was a um, report by Kelly Kroll. Of course, you know, she's one of the sideline reporters for the Braves. I really appreciated this report that he just decided, uh, you know, he was overthinking things. He was doing all these tweaks to try to get right, uh, which you know he's been doing all season because he just hasn't been – he hadn't been performing to his standards, um, but probably pressing too much. I mean, you start getting in, getting into 
the sports psychology of a long season of baseball and constantly, you know, rolling over pitches or grounding out or striking out. Uh, and he just told himself he was going to relax and have fun and go play. And what does he do in the first game of the series against Arizona? He hits two home runs. One was just an absolute bomb um, to to center field. But but I mean, just getting back to what we know Austin Riley can do. And you know, he hits four home runs in this series. And you just wonder, maybe that's all it takes is him relaxing, having fun, seeing a little bit of success, and it's going to turn his season around. And, you know, it's not guaranteed. Um, he could go right back into a slump. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, I've been waiting for Riley to bounce back for some time because I just know what he's capable of doing, right? And he's proven it over the last um, two seasons before this that he is one of, you know, a, he is a top 10 hitter in the National League and he can do it and um, he's proven it right now. So anyways, you know, looking backwards a little bit further, you know, the Braves lose uh, a series to the White Sox and a disappointing one because the White Sox are not very good. They're a pretty flat team that is going towards the trade deadline, looking to probably unload a large portion of their roster, and yet they take two out of three uh, against the Braves. The Braves won the first series 9-0, right? And you have Matt Olson hitting that grand slam to open the series, and everything just seems to be flowing out of the All-Star break just like it was before. And then you have uh, the Braves dropping two out of three, including a pretty frustrating loss uh, where Strider gives up five runs through six innings. And then the last game of the series, the Braves weren't really in the game. And um, yeah, so just kind of a dud of a way to lose your first series. I think the Braves had won 11 series straight before that. And then they slide into the Diamondback series and they lose those first two games, starting with probably the weirdest loss that the Braves have had in two, two and a half decades. It, it, it might be accurate to say that. Um, losing 16 to 13 to the Diamondbacks. I mean, a Braves team scoring 13 runs and losing is a very uh, odd thing to happen, to say the least. Again, this is the game in which Austin Riley did everything he could. Two home runs, seven RBIs in this game. And yet this was the first loss since 1990 in which the Braves scored 13 runs or more and still lost the game. I mean, any Braves fan knows that 1990 was the year before they turned everything around and started going on their historic run of winning division titles. They were a last place team in 1990. They are not a last place team uh, in 2023, and yet this did happen. But pretty much everything that could go wrong uh, went wrong in this game from a defensive and pitching standpoint. I mean, you had uh, really poorly timed errors. You had the Diamondbacks with probably four or five soft infield hits, uh, the extended rallies, um, and you know, you know, big hits after those soft hits that extended innings. You had Diamondbacks guys who were four for forty something coming into this game who had you know three and four hits apiece. Just everything went it went poorly in this game. Uh, on top of this, this was the second straight really bad outing for Bryce Elder. Should we be worried about Bryce Elder? I don't think so. 
Um, but it is a reminder of, of how razor thin a margin Bryce has. You know, when he is pitching sharp and he's putting the ball where he wants to, he can be incredibly effective. Don't forget, this guy's an all-star. Don't forget for most of the season, he was leading the National League in ERA. But he hasn't been as good lately, especially these last two starts. Um, and he was not sharp again in this one. When he is not sharp and hitting his spots, he, he is going to get hit hard. Um, that is true. So he knows that. And I'm sure he's going to be motivated to come out of this and start pitching well again. But no one who pitched for the Braves, maybe outside of Joe Jimenez, was very good in this game. Tonkin comes in relief in two and two-thirds innings, gives up four runs. Heller, two-thirds of an inning, technically only gives up one run. He actually, two of Tonkin's runs were off of a Heller three-run homer that he allowed. Jimenez, an inning pitch, no earned run, so he had the only clean inning. Yates, one inning pitch, one earned run. Iglesias, a third of an inning, gave up three runs. Two of them were, were uh, two of them were earned. But you go through all of this, right? This is a winnable game um, throughout the entire game. And who is Snicker putting in here? I mean, all of these guys are the guys that are left. I mean, they're the guys who are healthy in the bullpen. And yet, none of them, except hopefully Iglesias is going to start pitching better as your closer, but none of them are guys that you feel super good about. They're not guys that should be pitching high leverage innings, and yet Snicker is being forced to pitch them in these situations because all of his high leverage guys right now are injured. Um, I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but it's this game is indicative of here's why the Braves are not quite as strong of a team at this moment as they were in June. Uh, game two of the Diamondbacks series, you have... Just not a lot going on offensively. The Braves lose 5-3. to three. Ozuna and Riley hit solo home runs. Uh, but the hits in this game were few and far between. And it just felt like a dud of a game for the Braves. You have Charlie Morton pitching in this game. He's been very good as of late. I will give him credit. But he was not as sharp in this game. Uh, part of the frustration of this game is he had multiple chances to get out of um, of jams. He's, he kept, he, he had some walks. He kept getting into jams. And then on a couple occasions, he had O2 pitches or, you know, two strike counts in which he just needed to make one more pitch. And he was leaving pitches, especially that curveball, which is usually pretty good or very good, but just left him over the plate and got hit. Um, and anyways, the Braves end up losing that game five to three. So that ends up being their fourth straight loss. A lot of frustration going into game three. In game three, you're not coming in super uh, confident that the Braves are going to win because they're going against Zach Gallen, who has been one of the best pitchers in the National League all year. Uh, you, but you have Spencer Strider on the mound. So you know that with a really good Spencer Strider outing, you can win the game. You're not expecting a lot of offense, though. This was kind of a, a tale of two games because for the first six innings, Strider and Gallon just totally dominated um, on the mound. Strider had 13 strikeouts through six innings, but in the seventh, after the Braves went up uh, with a home run by Orlando Arcia, uh, Strider gives up a three-run homer uh, to, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name. <laughs> kind of a, I think he was making his debut in this series. Sorry, I can't remember the guy's name. For the Diamondbacks, he hadn't done much all series. He gets a hanging slider and puts it in the chop house 
And so another, you know, it's just frustrating. Strider has been so good, one hanging slider, and you're down three to one. Um, Heller comes in, gives up an additional run. So the Braves are down four to one at that point. Uh, you do have uh, a two-run home run a little later on by Matt Olson. So the Braves are sticking in it. Uh, but at, at one point in the eighth inning, the Braves are down five to three. Austin Riley comes up and just a huge home run. Uh, he hits a three-run homer to put the Braves up six to five. Matt Olson comes up, hits his second home run of the day for a back-to-back -back home run. Huge insurance run in the eighth inning. So the Braves go up seven-five at that point. And then Iglesias, who again he's been a little shaky lately, but he gets um, after allowing a couple guys to get on. Uh, he nails down the save. The Braves win this game 7-5. to five. So the Braves salvage an important game. It's always funny when you look at pitching matchups. You know, the Braves pitching matchups uh, just lined up so good for the first two games. Um, and then you kind of viewed the third game as a toss-up because of Zach Gallon, And yet the Braves only end up winning game three. But, you know, after losing the first two, we'll certainly take this one. It was, I think, a very big win. You know, stem the tide. The Braves have now still not lost five games in a row since, I think, 2018. That's a pretty impressive stat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a game that you're just very happy to get to get to and or to get the win in. And it is a reminder. I, I guess I'm repeating myself, but it's a reminder that uh, the Braves say never die. It, this is why one reason why they've been so good for this entire stretch of division wins uh, and their 2021 World Series win. They just have an air about them um, where they, they come up with these types of wins quite often. And even when they've been losing and been on a losing streak, um, big a big game to come up with. And also, again, you just feel really great for Austin Riley. Despite that, right, despite, you know, a positive note is still, okay, here's a stretch of two and four, um, you know, four losses in a row in the middle of those two wins. And it is showing you something. It's exposing that the bullpen right now is at its weakest point that it's been all season. And it's not hard to figure out why. Four really important relievers for the Braves are all down. Uh, Dylan Lee has been out for quite some time with, with elbow inflammation. I think he might back early August. Uh, it's not a guarantee, but uh, you're hoping he's going to be back somewhat soon, maybe kind of close to when Max Fried is supposed to be back. Jesse Chavez is still on the IL from, remember, he got smoked with a line drive to the leg. The dude is 39 years old, so it's not going to heal as quickly maybe as, as uh, others um, but getting those two back would be great. Nick Anderson just went on the 60-day IL with shoulder issues. He might not be back at all, guys. Uh, A.J. Minter, this is probably not something to worry about, but he was put on the IL uh, with, I think it was like tightness in his pec. You know, that's around his left shoulder, so you don't want to mess with that. But anyways, Dylan Lee, Chavez, Nick Anderson, A.J. Minter, all on the IL right now. And so you're having to ask, a lot of dudes who have been your low leverage guys to step up in bigger moments. And, you know, you have some games where they look decent and other games where they don't get the job done. And so you're just going to see some less consistency from the bullpen right now. And, you know, even though it's not an injury, Rysel Iglesias has not been locked down as the closer recently either. We've had some poor outings from him as well. So you're just seeing 
a lot more weakness from the Braves bullpen right now than we've seen uh, in the past, uh, especially in June, where everything was just going well. So does this mean Anthopolis will be forced to go out and get one or two bullpen pieces? I don't think he ever feels like he has to do anything. But it might mean that he goes out um, onto the uh, the trade market and gets one or two guys. It might not be guys that make you super excited. It might be a top guy like a Scott Barlow. Um, but obviously the need is presenting itself and the opportunity is still there as we have about 10 days before the trade deadline happens. Um, but it's not just the bullpen, right? The, the starters with Colby Allard going down uh, is also a potential issue. Um, so Allard goes down, if you had not heard, with shoulder inflammation. I think this is one where he's going to be shut down. We're not going to see him the rest of the year. Now, were the Braves leaning on him heavily? No, but this is still a, you know, it's one guy that's in that fifth starter mix uh, that's now gone. Uh, it weakens your starter depth a good bit. Of course, I've already talked about it, but you've had two straight poor performances from Bryce Elder. Uh, Strider is, um, you know, for stretches, entirely dominant, and then he'll have a start that's a little bit of a clunker. Obviously, I'm not worried about Strider, but it's just, you know, all of these things combined are telling you we, we might need some more starter depth. Maybe Anthopolis goes out and gets a starter. I feel it like it's more likely he goes out and gets a couple bullpen guys. We know that Max Freed is supposed to be back soon, and this is where I'm just saying, man, Freed, I could, you know, I, I'm getting impatient. I, I need Freed to be back. Uh, I know we all feel that way. It was easier to not feel that way in June when the Braves were winning almost every game, but it's becoming more and more evident that the Braves really need Freed back. Um, the, the Braves certainly are not going to rush him back, uh, but the need is certainly there to for him to slide back in and provide the Braves with some really high-quality innings. As of right now, Mike Soroka is your fifth starter, and he hasn't really, you know, as much as I love Soroka, he has not proved himself yet that he can lock that down. And honestly, with, with uh, Allard going down, Soroka is more like your fourth guy, and you don't really have a fifth. Um, so, you know, you have some, some guys at AAA who have pitched some innings, but um, it's still, you still start wondering, all right, are you going to go with A.J. smith Chauver and, and Soroka the rest of the way here, or, or what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and get somebody at the trade deadline? Um, you know, just really quickly on Elder, he, as he's been struggling these, these last two starts, should we be worried? I, I think a lot of talk is about Elder regressing to the mean that, that he was pretty lucky in the first half with his batted balls in play. And if you look at his fan graph stuff and, you know, he, his expected ERA is supposed to be more like a high three ERA guy. And so this is him just kind of regressing back to the mean. I don't totally buy that. I think if he's going right, he's he's going to exceed his expected ERA, um, you know, because he's not a strikeout guy, but he's going to get a lot of contact and typically a lot of weak contact when he's putting the ball where he wants it to go. So Elder, to me, he has good stuff. He just doesn't have high velocity, right? But he has a lot of movement. So when he's able to locate, 
Um, and a lot of those pitchers are diving from in the zone to out of the zone, you're going to get weaker contact. Um, right now, his ball is staying in the zone a lot, and it's just going to get hit hard when that happens. So the more sharp he is, the quote-unquote luckier, luckier he's going to be um, with his batted balls in play average. Um, so I think if he's able to correct what's ever going on um, with some of these pitches, uh, then he's going to get back to where he's been. But I don't, you know, there's no guarantee of that, obviously. And he might continue to struggle for a little bit until he figures that out. Um, Strider, in terms of, you know, his performance against the White Sox, I just want to make this point. Um, and I, I've said this to, in, in a way before, but everybody sits on his fastball because it's so dominant. You kind of have to sit fastball on him. So his fastball command is super important. And when he is particularly dominant, and this was true more in the D-backs game today, but he's dotting that fastball more in the corners, right? The top corners of the zone or the bottom corners of the zone. Um, and particularly when it's above, uh, you know, where it's more at the very top of the zone, uh, hitters just cannot catch up to that ball. When hitters hit him more, he might be on the corner of the zone away, but it's more belt high. It's like in the middle and uh, in the middle on the corner, I mean. And that's when a, a batter can, you know, he can get the barrel to the ball more consistently. And he's extending his arms more. And, you know, potentially there's more damage to Strider. And, and you saw that a lot more against the White Sox. I think it just gives the hitter a better chance at some good fortune. Um and that I think that's where he can give up more runs. And so if he can keep the ball out of that belt high position, then he's going to have more dominance. And and you did see that from him today against the Diamondbacks. Again, he just had that one hanging slider that got hit, but he really was not getting hit hard much at all in this game. Only a couple hard hit balls uh, in today's game. So hopefully we'll start seeing that more and more from Strider. That command just gets a little more crisp throughout the rest of the season. Um, you know, during this two and four stretch, you also saw a little bit of an issue with Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario, he had, uh, he pulled his hamstring at one point uh, in, a, in the same game that he made two really bad blunders in left field. Um, Hilliard came in for him for two games, then Hilliard got hurt, contusion to his, um, to his heel. Felt really bad for Hilliard because he'd barely gotten in any games for a long time. Finally got a shot to play a couple games and then got hurt. So Hilliard is now on the IL. And then just wanted to mention uh, Forrest Wall has been called up from AAA. I believe this is his Major League debut. He has not gotten into a game yet. So I hope for just him he's able to get into a game. This dude is a speedster. If you watched any of AAA, or not AAA, sorry, spring training, he um, actually played really great in spring training and probably played good enough on most teams to, to make the team. The Braves just didn't have a spot for him. But he's played pretty well in AAA this season. Um, just a speedy dude. Uh, 45 has, has stolen 45 of 49 bases at AAA. So that tells me that he would be a very useful um, you know, pinch runner in, in situations like that. I don't know that he's going to see a lot of at-bats unless there's some injuries going on, 
but nonetheless, he is up with the Braves. So if you see Forrest Wall in the game, uh, that's who he is. All right, that being said, um, Rosario is back in the lineup, and uh, I guess the hamstring pull was not super serious. Uh, he has not been incredibly um, – I mean, I haven't heard his name being called with a lot of um, great at-bats lately, so hopefully Eddie can get back on track as well. I don't think it's a huge, uh, huge slump of his, but I'd like to see him do a little bit more offensively as well. Um, all right, so what do I expect moving forward? The Braves now go into a three-game series uh, against Milwaukee. They go to Milwaukee. Um, you know, I this is not a series in which the Braves' best pitchers are um, on the docket. Uh, Soroka is going to pitch in game one. Now, hopefully he can bounce back and have his best start of the season. I would love for that. I think it would be big for the Braves if he were able to do that. Uh, game two, the Braves don't have, they have not announced a starter. So again, with Allard going down, who's going to pitch this game? Is it going to be Dodd or Schuster or AJ Smith Shaver or some other person we don't, we haven't even seen yet? Um, or even a bullpen game. I think with the state of the bullpen, I doubt it's going to be a bullpen game. And then game three, it's going to be Bryce Elder. So hopefully he can bounce back after these two tough outings. But Milwaukee's playing well recently. Um, they're four, sorry, they're 11 and four in July. Uh, they've won five out of their last six games, including playing really well against Philadelphia, which we appreciate. Um, so I think it's going to be a challenging series for the Braves, uh, but a good opportunity to bounce back against a good team. Uh, just a quick note in game three, Elder is slated to go against our old friend Julio Tehran, former Brave. For many years, I'm impressed just that Julio is still pitching in the big leagues. Uh, his stuff just had taken such a big nosedive near the end of his tenure with the Braves. I uh, pitched with the Angels for a little bit, but was really bad. <laughs> but he's actually been pretty decent on uh, this kind of comeback tour with the Brewers. So it will be pretty interesting to see him in action against, of course, a very good Braves lineup. But they go to Milwaukee, and I am really hoping for some sharper pitching performances for the Braves now that we're a little further away from the all-star break. Um, and, you know, it, the the pitching has definitely been letting the Braves down a little bit. I mean, it's just fair to say that outside of maybe Strider's start today, 13 strikeouts is pretty impressive. But, um, but it would be great on this road trip for the Braves pitching to bounce back and support what is obviously, as we know, a great Braves offense. Also, it would be great to just see Austin Riley continue to crush the baseball and um, and go forward there. But I really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to another episode of State of the Braves. Uh, guys, it has uh, been a little bit of a tough week, but looking for some good things for the Braves. And I will uh, be back with you guys soon. See you later.